Welcome to The Hoop Commitment. I'm your host, Mike Nielsen. Join me every week to get inside the greatest minds in basketball nutrition, training, and leadership to elevate your game and improve the way you eat, train, and lead. Welcome to episode 31. I hope everyone is safe at home listening today. And even better, I hope you're getting your workouts in. We only have two more weeks left in the 30-day commitment to either ball handle or work out for five minutes a day. Remember, you can make gains or you can make excuses, but you can't make both. And recognize that we're all in the same boat, locked out of our gym with limited equipment. So what determines your success is not going to be your resources, but rather your commitment. So choose to put in the work starting today. Go to hoopcommitment.com forward slash Earn your X to get a ball handling workout with a pro. And for all you coaches and parents, you'll see a mix of strength, balance, conditioning, and flexibility workouts that you can do in just five minutes. And don't worry if you're late to the party and just hearing about this now. With my wife, we're fashionably late to everything, so you're in good company. Just know the best time to start this workout commitment is right now. So today's interview is with NBA Life Optimization Coach, David Nurse. He was kind enough to give me early access to his new book called Pivot and Go. It's a 29-day roadmap to improve your mindset and lifestyle so you can be the best version of you. He shares a ton of pearls, including why 17 seconds is a magic amount of time and why the 80-20 rule shouldn't apply to the important things in life. Here's David Nurse. David, welcome to the Hoop Commitment Podcast. How you doing? Doing great. I mean, just uh, really embracing this stay in your little box situation here, down here. Uh, man, making the most of it, like we talked about before this podcast, all about perspective, how you look at this situation. So I'm trying to turn this into a thriving situation instead of just surviving. I like that, man. It's been fun just getting to know you through your writings, through your book. Uh, and that seems like one of, the, one of your strengths is being able to take lemons and make lemonade. So I wouldn't doubt that you'd be doing that right now. Love it. That's what life's about, right? I mean, do we look at things, the situations that we're handed as, woe is me? Or is it, hey, this is just an opportunity to lead to something greater, but also help other people along that journey as well? For sure. And, you know, we got a lot of mutual friends and guys like Kelly Olenek and Rui. And so it's fun to finally connect. Now, you're an author, a keynote speaker, and you work with over 100 NBA players. But you don't have any fancy degrees or certifications, so I'd love to hear how you became an MBA life optimization coach. Sure. Yeah, shout out to Gonzaga and all the great players and great people they've had from there. Domas Sabonis as well. Another one, Rob Sacre. But all right, yeah, let's dive into it. So I played myself at Western Illinois, and I, being 6'2 and unable to dunk, my, my ceiling wasn't so high, but I got to play overseas in the international circuit in Australia, Greece, and Spain. And I was playing in Spain, and I get cut from this second division team in northern Spain, this Basque region team that's literally more concerned about drinking beers at halftime. And it's more like the the Will Ferrell semi-pro than it is actual basketball. So all my goals, all my hopes, all my dreams, everything I poured into my life was literally playing in the NBA with no backup plan at all. And then in an instant, everything's turned upside down on its head, and I have absolutely nothing going for me. And I went back and I lived on my parents' recliner chair in Kansas City for about five months and 
my mom would always say these motivational quotes and she just, she'd say them all the time. And, and most of the time I didn't even listen to them, but there's this one, she said she was doing dishes when I was on the chair, just feeling sorry for myself. She said, you know, when one door closes four open in a whole beachfront patio and it hit me, I was like, wow, is that what my life is? Is this everything that I've been doing to play in the NBA? Has it been a preparation to actually coach? Is my real strength in coaching and and helping other players become the best they can be. And I just through some the friends that I played with, I played with a guy named Aaron Baines, who's with the Suns right now. I played with him over in Greece and started working with him and others. And agents started sending players and other players started coming in. And it just kind of grew. I, I set my goals. I want to become the best shooting coach in the world. And I, I started my own little basketball shooting camp business, ordered some balls from some custom-made shooting basketballs from China. They got shipped over to Oakland. I got in my car, drove 29 hours from Kansas City to Oakland, picked them up at the seaport, put them in my trunk, and I was off. For the next five years, I was basically living out of my car, sleeping in Walmart, well-lit parking lots, on an airplane somewhere, just running camps. And and I, I mean, it sounds like an absolute grind, but I loved it. I loved the process. I loved the journey. And I was in Australia doing some camps and I got an email from the Brooklyn Nets and I thought it was spam. It said shooting coach, Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. Thought it was spam. It was midway through the season when they had just gone through this whole process of probably making the worst trade in NBA history. And they had a lot of young players they needed to develop. And I jumped on it and I was on with the Nets and I thought I was set. I helped the Nets go from the 28th worst shooting team to the second best three-point shooting team in that season obviously just blessed with the ability of the players and what they did but then the whole staff gets fired and then I'm out so I thought my life was set right there that I was going to be coaching in the NBA and I had to make another pivot and I came out to LA and I've been training NBA players individually on their skill set and then since then over the past two to three years, I've, I've just really realized how how minuscule just a skill set is for complete overall optimization and success and how important the mindset is and the whole lifestyle. And I've been implementing that and coaching that to individual players for the past two to three years. And now that's grown to going to doing that for companies and wrote the book Pivot and Go, which has a lot of these mindset developments that I've taught and kind of leads to where we are right now. So what exactly does an MBA life optimization coach do? Like, what does a typical week look like for you? How does it change in season versus out of season? It really varies. Out of season, a lot of players will come out to Los Angeles and and I'll work with them out here on court. That'll be more the heavy basis of skill development, what we're going to focus on, focusing on their strengths, making sure their nutrition, their sleep, like really just giving them the blueprint that they can go do throughout the rest of the year, teaching them it there, refining it based on each player's individual needs, what they need in the off season. During the season, there'll be a lot of travel to the players that I work with, the specific players that I work with. If I'm not traveling to them, and it's usually about a month, once a month, once every two months that I'll go to them. Um, I'm talking to them constantly through phone calls, texts, sending them their film and, and just deep mindset questions where they really have to think and grow from each and every game. Cause that's, that's what we talk about. We want to grow. We want to win the day every day. They all like to be called the, the one percenters is what it is. And it's growing 1% daily 
in yourself so that you can grow with those around you, your teammates. So they, our goal is every day, every game, we're going to improve something from that game we're going to improve upon. So a lot of this during the season will be that type of work. It'll be more mindset, helping them, helping them stay the most confident that they possibly can every time they step on the floor. Your words must carry a lot of weight because you actually lived it. And, and while you never played in the NBA, you did routinely play against the best team in the world, which is the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> so you got to have some good stories about what came out of that. You must have read the book because I did that. I played with the Washington Generals playing against the Harlem Globetrotters for, for two weeks until I realized it was the biggest setup, scam, not real basketball there was. I was told that it's going to be a great way to continue to improve your skills, your off season, and, and getting ready for the next year in Europe because I was between seasons. And literally what it was was a setup staged where I'm getting crossed over every time or letting the ball go away. And it was the same thing night after night after night, traveling through these small towns. You don't even see outside. Just you see the hotel and the gym and then you just get pounded every single night, laughed at. So it was, it was an interesting experience, to say the least, and, and not one that I would uh, really want to go back to. Well, your book is full of great stories like that. And you were kind enough to give me a copy early. And so the book is called Pivot and Go. And so what was the inspiration for the book? And what is a mindset pivot? So the inspiration for the book was my own life and having to go through that just huge pivot in my life where I thought everything that I poured into my life was playing in the NBA. But what I really realized was that it was all for coaching in the NBA, like I talked about earlier. And that pivot was the key to literally me living the life that I want to live. And a lot of people will look at a situation that they get, they get stuck in or something that doesn't go their way and think that's the end. But really, it's just a preparation for an opportunity of something better to come. We all have something great for us. We have God-given abilities that we're here to use for this world, to better this world. But we might not know when they're coming or what exactly they are. And it might come in an unexpected package that we don't even expect. But everything that we do, everything that I did to prepare to play in the NBA, just trying to make myself the best I could was all about learning on how I could coach others. So we all have those situations. Everybody's gone through some type of pivot in their life or they're stuck in a situation and they don't know how to get out of. And these mindset pivots are really easy, simple, uh, seamless ways to look at things from a different perspective. So pivoting a mindset, a slight turn is a small perspective change that can change your entire perspective on life. Like, for example, I, I gave one earlier is, do you look at situations that happen to you or that you dread as situations that you just want to get through, situations that you just want to survive? Or do you look at them as ways to bring it on? I'm going to thrive through this and not only thrive for myself, but for the people around me. So it's all the same situation. It's just how you look at it. And I walk you through 29 mindset pivots. And I chose 29 because it takes 28 days to make a habit. And habits are great. There's amazing books written on habits. And, and I love habits. But can you make that habit a lifestyle? That's where the key is. And on that 29th day, it's your decision to make it a lifestyle. And each, each chapter, each day has an action step at the end with some type of mindset pivot that'll make you look at it from a different, slightly different perspective and empower you to change your entire perspective. 
Well, that was my favorite part of the book is you talk about mindset, but just as important as you talk about the actions that need to take place, because there's a big difference between knowing and doing. So when you see players talking the game, but not doing the game, what's some of the advice that you give to them on how to actually go from that understanding or thinking that they know to actually the application of it? We give out a lot of information and as coaches, we'll tell and tell and tell and tell, but but we have to give the tools. We have to give the actual hows, how to do that. And I think that's so powerful, knowing versus doing. And I talk a lot about that in my keynote talks for companies is the power of being able to actually give them the how. Like everything sounds great. And it's always sexy to say, find your why, your why. Great if you find your why, but now how are you going to do it? Well, for me, the most impactful chapters were on the bedtime and wake up routines. And you said, routines make us who we are. And there's going to be 7,300 mornings in the next 20 years. And so for me, that was so powerful to see how just one simple choice in the morning will be multiplied thousands of times over the course of a career. So what are some of the things that basketball players can do to get the most out of the morning routines? Well, I'll just give you mine. So we'll walk through mine. And you can take what you want from this. And some of it will apply to basketball players. Some of it won't because they're – Situations are going to be a little bit different, but one thing that you got to realize here too is that you don't have to do everything all together at once. It's slow, 1% builds to find the routine that works the best for you. So mine is, I love the mornings. I get up early in the morning, usually about 6.30, 6.45, and I first thing I do is I jump in an ice-cold three-minute shower. So that's going to one, it's great for just getting your body going and waking you up, but it's also good for different types of recovery and just speeding up your metabolism as well. And that's one thing I just I really love to do in the morning. Then I'll go upstairs and I'll make my coffee. I love the smell of it, the whole process of it. And I'll have my coffee and I'll have a hydrating drink. It's called Element. It's a company Element, which is the best hydrating drink there is. I'll put in some apple cider vinegar, squeeze a lemon so I know I have my best hydration at the start of the day. I usually try to see the sun rise if, if I'm up in time. And I'll sit quietly for 10 minutes, just 10 minutes of sitting there quietly. And I'm not meditating, but I'm just letting thoughts come to me. And Christ is the most important thing in my life. And, and I'll, I'll pray and I'll just basically have a conversation with Jesus and maybe I'll go through a, a reading in the Bible and then I'll I have daily affirmations that I have in my journal and I have posted out throughout different places in my house that are reaffirming to me of that I can do it I can thrive different types of sayings that you'll get in this pivot and go book and just reaffirming in affirmations to build myself up because we are the person that we talk to most throughout the day. And the question is, are you give, feeding yourself with negative self-deprecating thoughts or are you positively encouraging yourself? And I make a habit of doing that in the morning. So I'll do that and then I'll get a workout in. i big on doing something every day. I mean, having, I do have one day, Sundays is my rest day, off day, Sabbath day. But I'm going to do something. I'm going to move, uh, lift weights, run sprints. So I have some type of workout. I'd love to get it done early in the morning. And now I've just felt like I've set myself up for the day. I've set myself up for the day for the most success that I can have in that day. And I'll always have – I do this in the evening is I write out my three big things. I always have three big things that I'm going to accomplish the next day that I can look back and be like, okay, I took a step forward. I grew 1%. I got these done. So I, I'm really big on 
the morning routines is what makes the rest of your day. And being able to dominate your morning routine not only sets you up for the rest of the day to be great, but it also gives you that mindset, that confidence, like, okay, I've already done all this. I can attack anything. Well, one of the cool things in your book is you said that who you are when you went to sleep is closely tied to who you are when you wake up. And so that was the first time I really thought about my morning routine being dictated by my nighttime routine. So I'd love to hear about your nighttime routine as well. Yeah, nighttime routine sets up our morning routine. Because think about it. If you go to bed and you're just – you're watching Netflix or you're just you're just jumping in the bed without getting ready and getting getting primed for bed. You're not going to get as great as sleep. And if you don't get great sleep, you're not going to have a great day. So it all starts with sleep. And I'm a huge sleep optimization nut. It's like think about it. You, you If you have your iPhone, you wake up with your iPhone and it's it's 45 percent charged in the morning. You're pissed. You're not feeling good about it. You're going to die off early. But if it's 100 percent, in for a great day so the same way so i really set up my surroundings i have it completely dark i sleep in the cold i have a thing called a chili pad which is the biggest sleep game changer there is that'll cool my body my body temperature to wherever i want it to be to the optimal level which is 65 degrees or lower i like to sleep in the real cold i have it at 57 so my body i'm gonna making sure i'm getting the best deep sleep rem me and my wife We'll say all the things that we are thankful for that day. And they can be the little, really small things. We'll go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So we're just talking to each other about all the things that we're so thankful for in the day. It might just be the air we breathe or the sunshine or the lunch we had, something like that. So we're putting ourselves into a positive state of mind, too. Actually been shown to raise HRV level, which is your heart rate variability. And that's kind of the... The, the key, if you can measure one thing, HRV is going to show you if you're well recovered and get great sleep. So putting yourself in a positive state of mind is going to help you do that. And we don't have any TV on or screens on for 30 minutes before we go to bed. Like if you do watch TV and fall asleep to TV, it can actually be the same type of thing as, as a hangover. You'll have that fuzziness when you wake up in the morning. So we cut all of that out, and that's, that's pretty much the setup for our nightly routine, and it just springboards me. And it's, it's seamless to do now because I've been doing it for so long, and now it springboards me into my morning and the rest of my day. And it's all just – like I don't feel like there's a lot of things that I have to do. It's just it's become routine. It's become a lifestyle. How have your NBA players adopted this philosophy? Because it's not only just great for relationships and for peace of mind, but also the research supports it. How difficult is it for them to turn off their phones or to turn off their TV and get a good nighttime routine when you're traveling to a new city every night? Yeah, it's tough. And I mean, if, if they don't turn off the TV or turn off their phone, it's not the end of the world. People can still get good sleep if they have their phone on. We'll put it on nighttime mode or have some glasses that they wear. But really, the implementation comes when is me living it. I can tell just like the same thing, telling or actually doing one of the biggest things that I find that has really helped me with being able to relate to a lot of NBA players and help coach them at the highest level is live it. I live it and they see this and they see how much energy I have and they see everything that I'm doing and then they want it. So I'm not just telling them, but then but then they want it as well. And sure, it's all on the road and travel can be difficult, but we'll set up the rooms to where it can be dark and they'll have white noise type of rain or something that'll put them into more of a calm sleep mode. So there's different modalities and tricks that you can put together for on the road. But the biggest thing overall is, and this goes for anybody that wants to be a high performer in some level, be an expert in a level, you have to live it. You can't just say it 
you have to live it and you you have to look the part too i know that's sounds kind of like surface level but you have to like who are you going to listen to if they're going to tell you how to get in great shape you're going to listen to someone who's ripped or someone who's way overweight they might know the same thing but you're going to listen to the person that lives it so that's how i found really being able to relationally build my equity i guess you could call it with nba players well, and you mentioned that environment plays a big role in that success. You know, if we want our athletes to be able to do all these things that successful people do, we have to be able to surround themselves with the right people or be able to put things in their environment that are going to lend itself to be able to eat healthy or to be able to go to bed on time. What are some things that you have your players do in their environment to be able to make success more likely an option? Setting up their environment to the point where they're going to have their bed is in a different room than where they their living room. So they have their spot for sleep, their refrigerator and their food choices. It'll be harder to get to. Like if they have snacks, sure, you can have snacks. Not always going to have 100% healthy, but we're going to put them in spots that aren't going to be easy to really snack on late at night or snack on throughout the day. Like for example, put a bag of Doritos and you lock it in the cabinet up top. So it's, it's harder to get to that spot. Yeah, set, setting up their environment to where the point that they can in, implement these daily routines, these morning routines and nightly routines. And, and that's really that's really pretty much it. It's just very specific to each guy on what they want to do, what they're comfortable with, what level they're at. It's like anything. Not everybody's the same. You got to meet them where they're at. And you really got to show them that that you care about their overall well-being, their reaching, basically reaching their full potential. Well, it's pretty obvious through the book that the most important thing to you is the relationships, is the journey, is the experience. And so it's kind of cool that you don't have these protocols that every athlete has to do. It's all individualized. But the other thing the book does a great job of doing is having quick little hits. And one thing that I took out of it is you believe 17 seconds is a magic amount of time. So what can you do in 17 seconds? 17 seconds is the magical number that I have found. There's no real scientific data to, to actually back this up, but this is just me doing my own case studies time after time after time. And the number of the time that it took for me to get through a situation that, that was difficult, something that I dreaded, took 17 seconds. And then once I got to that point, that magical number, I could get through it all. Whether it was I didn't feel like working out. I started, I started the workout, 17 seconds in, my blood's going, my brain's going, and I'm ready to go and I can finish it. Taking an ice cold shower, first 17 seconds are brutal. And I kept timing this and that's the number that came up. And I've used it with players and things that they, situations that they haven't wanted to do in workouts, like running hills or running sprints, different things like that. And 17 seconds is the number I keep coming back to. So if there's anything that you guys struggling with doing, whether it's making a cold call or whether it's starting into writing a book or whatever you're going to do, 17 seconds, you get through that first 17 seconds, you can get through the whole thing. I love that. I always have my players do five minute challenges for the same reason, because the hardest part about working out, the hardest part about practicing is actually getting your shoes on, getting the ball in your hand and making it to the gym. And if you can make it through 17 seconds or if you can make it through five minutes, that usually turns into 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And what's great is even on those days where maybe it is only 17 seconds or five minutes, you don't break the chain. That chain of success, you did it. I know for me is my workouts, they could be great for months or years or whatever until I go on vacation and take <laughs> two or three days off. 
And those two or three days could turn into two or three weeks. And so I think just doing something. And so when I, when I read that 17 seconds, it was like this aha moment for me. Nobody wants to take a five-minute cold shower, but I could do 17 seconds. Yeah, that's exactly it, man. It gives you that mindset that, hey, 17 seconds isn't that bad. And once you hit that point, there you go. You can get through it. Try it out. Some people might not work on, but I've found it and my players have found it that that's, that's the magic number. Well, it's just such a big difference in mindset than what you might see on social media with you have to grind for hours and hours. Yeah. I'm not saying that you don't right. have to do that, but to grind for hours and hours, you have to have that first 17 seconds. And one of the other things that was a little counterculture that I read is you talked about moderation and the 80-20 rule and, and you have a different take on life balance. So what do you say to the coach or parent who's trying to apply the 80-20 rule and maybe not finding the success they want? I'm all in. I think 80-20, I think balance is BS. You go all into what you're passionate about. You go all in. And if it's not, if it doesn't end up working out, you just learned a way to do something different, to pivot. So 80-20 is a way for us to say, okay, I don't need to eat healthy all the time. I can have this cheat day or I don't need to work out today or I don't need to take another step. Like that's okay. If you want to be average, 80-20, that's, that's perfect. That's great. It's society's way of a built-in excuse, in my opinion. Like with my wife, I don't want to be 80-20 on her. I want to be 100% all in, passion all in. And I have kids. I don't want to be 80-20 on them. It's not like, okay, I can't look after my kids tonight because that's already did my 80%. I got to watch the golf channel or something. Yes, there's going to be things where you can't be 100% just go, 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 go mode. But be all in with that approach, with that mindset of whatever you go into of trying to be the best that you can be and not using these world's built-in excuses of 80-20, yeah, just just take it, this is the balance that you need to have because I think that balance is just complete BS. Well, yeah, I think the whole book is just filled with these different takes on something that we've taken for granted forever. So 80-20 is something that we've always taken for granted or the idea of winning. And you've talked about it's not about winning necessarily. Your perspective on basketball and life is really about the treasure is in the journey, in your yeah, experience. Man. And then you, you so went and good. shared a story about taking the stairs versus taking the elevator. So I'd love to have you share that a little bit too. Taking the stairs, is it's, it's a mindset of, are you just going to take the easy way, take the elevator, or take take the stairs? Take that, put in that extra work. On My uncle who's the, the head coach for the Toronto Raptors. He did won the NBA championship with the Raptors this past season in his first year as a head coach. And everybody looks at it as like, Wow, he just he just struck gold, hit the lottery, first year head coach, and he won won the championship. No, he's been he's been head coaching for twenty seven years. It's been twenty seven years to become an overnight success, and he's been at places that are the smallest colleges. He coached over in England and Belgium, and he's doing the best with the situation that he's been given without worrying about oh this is below me, I can't do this or. When I'm in the NBA, then I'll be able to be a good coach. Or when I'm in like that, when I get there moment, and then I'll do this. But but that's that never happens. Like if we if we put our mindset on the results, and that's what we're going for, without enjoying the process and the journey of it, we're going to be miserable. I mean, everybody knows that the Jim Carrey story where he made tons and tons of money just so much money for him world fame but he was so unhappy because he didn't enjoy the process of it he was just looking at the success and the results and if we base ourselves on our results we're never even going to get to those results because we're going to find ourselves not doing in the moment being in the moment 
as well as we can be. And, and my uncle Nick is an absolute testament to that. Now he's he's reaping the benefits because for those 27 years, he acted like every game was a championship, no matter where he was. I love it, man. And what I also love is just that you have so many different ways that you can help players, you know, whether it's the the sleep, the nutrition, the skills, the mindset. And so I wanted to finish out by sending a message to all those players that are hustling to get to the next level, whether that's a six man trying to break into the starting lineup or the high school player trying to play college basketball. What advice do you want to leave our listeners with? If we're talking basketball, I'm saying study everything Steve Nash. Everything Steve Nash does, everybody should study him. He led the NBA in high fives given 239 high fives given a game. Like, think about that encouragement that, that gives his teammates, the empowerment it gives his teammates. So I really say to, to anybody who, who wants to take it to the next level, wants to stand out, that's the type of things you need to be doing, the Steve Nash effect, the little things that don't show up in the box score, being there for your teammates, being the best teammate that you can be, communicating the most, and being the positive, the positive influence on your team that your team needs. Because there's going to be a lot of times for young players, especially even – course nba players where there's a lot of complaining there's a lot of all oh, this but can you be the guy during that type of complaining that can flip that and be like hey guys look at what we do have instead of what we don't have i love that man and thank you so much for coming on the show where can our listeners find out more about you so check out my podcast is the one percent podcast where i'll bring on nba players or high performers so we're able to learn from them on social media, a lot on Instagram at David Nurse NBA or Twitter, David Nurse NBA. Got a book that's on pre-sale right now called Pivot and Go. That's on Amazon or anywhere books can be found. Website, davidnurse.com. And if anybody's looking for more shooting advice, specific advice, optimization, I have a courses that I do there and in personal coaching as well. So that's, that's mainly it. Unless you want to come out to L.A. and hang out, that's where you find me. Well, I'm coming down to L.A. to hang out, so I'll definitely see you down there. Mike, you're the best. Appreciate you, man. Now, that's a wrap on episode 31. And I hope you'll join me next week where I get to interview the University of Utah's men's basketball strength coach, Charles Stevenson. We talk about basketball-specific training and testing for high school players and how he's adjusting his program design for his college athletes that are stuck at home without equipment. And I wanted to say thanks again to all you who have rated and subscribed to the podcast. It really means a lot. And to all of you who are committed, we'll earn your X.